how it's going to go. Oh my God, in, in one minute? <laughs> I have two more go. minutes to go. Yeah. yeah, and if you're counting, you're like 12. <laughs> Shaking. Yeah, so. I'm wilt off. What in East Dallas is going on? I'm Camille. And I'm Rich. Rich, today we have um, Matthew Trent, jeweler. Man, he's a jeweler, but like, I've been looking at his site. Yeah. You're an artist. Yeah, he is an artist. I mean, really. I, I guess. Yeah. You, no, <laughs> he's, he's humble. De- yeah, he, he's you, pretty but humble. I, but I guess. He, he's definitely an artist, and I am beyond impressed. And we've been sitting here talking to him for you know, 45 minutes, actually, even before we pushed record. Yeah. You're an amazing guy. Well, I, I, that's a lot, but thank you. But it's, Artist is a strong word to me. Really? Yeah, it is. Oh, no. Yeah. I would take I, it. In, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's perfect. I mean, yeah. you know, you're a jeweler. You work in that space. But I think um, what you do, your artistry really comes out in the jewelry. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. You know, I mean, the way I look at it is I, I get the opportunity to make things. So right. if, if you want to call that art, that's awesome. Well, I think I'll it's it. amazing that you've taken something that you love doing and made a profession out of it. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty lucky. That is lucky. I mean, that's amazing. So tell us like a little bit how you got started. I mean, yeah, like where'd you grow up? Like all that other stuff. I grew up in Phoenix, but I got started um, in an art class in at Wasatch Academy. It was a little school in central Utah. Okay. And, um, you know, when I in the '60s and early '70s, when I took art class in grade school, it meant nothing, right? Everybody got an A. It was yeah. Art class, right? So I just figured art in high school would be the same. Mm-hmm. We got graded. So the first six weeks, I'm having to do charcoal sketches, and they bring in a model, and you have to draw. You have to draw that person, and you have to, you know, here's a piece of paper. You have to shade it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh God, this is pain, but. Over on the other side of the room, there were all these people that were hammering and sawing and filing, and I thought, that's and had a torch. I thought, no, that's I'm interested in. Uh And so the second six weeks, you get to do a free project. And so um, I, of course, chose jewelry. Uh So I got to make a piece of jewelry. How old are you right now? Um, 62. Oh, no, I'm 14. Okay, you're 14. 14. Wow. He's not 14 right now. (laughs) Yeah, he's awesome. And he gave away his age, but we won't say nothing. (laughs) In my hair. But, uh, yeah, so I made a piece of jewelry for the next six weeks, Uh right? And and at the end of six weeks, you know, the teacher came to me and said, you know, most of the time you have to be in my class for a year to become an advanced student. But, you know, I feel like you might be good at this jewelry making. So if you just want to make jewelry, you can. Wow. Wow. So thank you, Mrs. Olmstead. So you remember her name? Oh yeah, of course. What? Well, she changed his she changed direction of his me. life, yeah. right? That's so fantastic. Yeah, and then second semester I started taking back to back art classes. And at the end of the day, so even after school was over, before basketball or whatever other thing I was doing, I could get close to three hours a day in. So it just allowed me to do more and more and then I did that my second year as well. And then moved back to Arizona for my junior year. Of, of high, high school? Of high school. Okay. Got a job apprenticing under a silversmith, working in a silversmithing um, environment. I'll say a store. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were about six of us, most of which were just, you know, hippies sitting around making silver jewelry. <laughs> um, and one of them's dad owned the business. Um, 
I worked next to this guy named Crowbar, who was an out... Crowbear, sorry. Crowbar. Crowbar. I'm like, that sounds like a prison yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crowbear, uh, who was a Navajo guy, uh-huh. who was really, really uh, good at what he did. Uh-huh. Um, really, I mean, just... And I learned from him more than anything. He told me once we were standing in front of the pickle pot, which is the little pot of acid that you use to get scale off jewelry. Okay. After you've gotten it hot, and he, he rinsed it and steamed it, and he said... If you treat your metal nicely, it will be nice to you. Huh. Huh. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So I work there, keep working there, and one day, for some reason, I'm waiting on customers that are coming in. Granted, I'm 16 years old, right? So, wow. Which to me, uh, you know, just to going back just a minute, I think it's amazing that he found his direction in life at 14, 15, 16 years yeah. old. Yeah. Like, the, you know... It's like I'm I'm 42 and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell right, I'm doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I actually told I can remember where I was walking when I said this to a gal. I said, uh, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a jeweler." Wow, wow. I was 15. So unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of my thing. What a story. And then yeah. I mean, and let's face it, you came a long way. Yes, people were making jewelry and stuff, but it wasn't what it is now. I mean, no. now you've got world known jewelers high-end jewelers like making a very good living off of it but that wasn't the case back, back in the 60s 70s no, no it really you know i mean i can remember before i moved to dallas i was working for a jewelry store and my mom was always griping at me you need to move to dallas or houston you just got to move to texas because you're never going to make a living because you're jewelry. in arizona yeah never going to make a living making jewelry in phoenix arizona this is after i'd gone to gemology school and i said you know mom I'm making five fifty an hour, five dollars and fifty cents. That's an what hour. I made on my first job. Yeah, five fifty an hour. Yeah, and and now you know I've got experience. I'm yeah. a graduate gemologist, and I'm really excited about making five dollars and fifty cents. I've still got a car, but this I've was got back in the seventies. Yeah, this yeah, is still good money. That 70, is... 79. Yeah, seventy nine and eighty. That's pretty good money, though. Yeah, that's, what, what is that? That's probably eleven, twelve bucks an hour now. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe more. thought about it. I mean. But my apartment was $180 a month. What? Right? And, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just a different world. And yeah. I thought I was doing great, but it wasn't enough for her. So she encouraged you to come to oh, Dallas? She encouraged me to, you know, send out some resumes, do whatever you got to do. Okay. Yeah. So I did. And then how'd you end up in Dallas, finally? So I sent a resume to one to here, to a company here, and one to a company in Houston. Uh-huh. And they both said, you know, we'd like to bring you out and hire you. Okay. That was not the response I was really hoping for, right? So um, the first group here. What were you expecting? Nothing. <laughs> really? Just to tell his mom I tried. Right. To yeah. live my little life that I was living and I was pretty darn happy about. Yeah, you were making, okay, I just looked it up. It's 1981 an hour. Oh, almost really? twenty yeah, bucks. Yeah, you were like killing yeah. yeah, dude. What? Imagine, you know, and that's five dollars and fifty cents an hour. So, yeah, <laughs> so that was the, the, before the price of eggs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, gas and cigarettes were a lot cheaper too. So. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay, so you get okay, so that so then you know, I mean, obviously we bypassed a lot of high school. I apprenticed under a master goldsmith as well, all through high school. My last two years of high school, after I moved on from the silversmith. Then I went to GIA. And so now I'm, I'm getting on a plane. These guys are flying me out here. And 
I had been to Dallas because my mom lived here for a period of time. Okay. We drove out here. We actually left two days before the big ice storm of 78. Okay. Right? So, or 78, 79, because that was New Year's. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so I came out here, and the guys, you know, they offered me a job. So, but it was all, you know, eat what I kill. So mm. I got paid for the work I did. Oh, okay. Showed me, well, you know, you can do all this. You can make this money doing this, and we have this much built-in business for you. I was like, well, all right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went home, loaded up the Camaro, and drove out. Wow. Yeah. Thank God he chose Dallas and not Houston. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Houston. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm good with that. I, I've only been there three times since I've lived here. Yeah, you're not missing much. 1981. Yeah. I moved here in 81. I've been there. Wow. Three. Really? Oh, four times. Sorry. Yeah, four times. Have you only been to Houston four times? Yeah. yeah. I mean, no need to go, right? No, there's definitely no need to 42 go 42 years I've been there four times. So how? Oh. So did you work for this company up until you started Matthew oh, Trent? No. Oh, I worked for this guy. I think I made 28000 bucks my first year. So, Which, yeah. again, is not bad. No, no for, not for that, that time. Would, that would have been 1982. I worked a full year. Okay. There, so that would have been twenty nine thousand dollars, which was really good money. Yeah, we're gonna then. see what that is now. Yeah, I know. I, and um, from there, I worked there for a little while, and then I sort of fell into a pretty dark stretch. Um, I was unemployed for a little bit, trying to do piecework out of my house. It just wasn't really working for me. All what kinds of other you, issues. Why did you leave the job? Well, the guy was a crook. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. Because yeah, you're making nearly, well, I, I did just look that up too. Yeah. I'm kind of a dork when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> well, uh, what is it's it? About, it's about 90000 a year. Yeah, now. Not bad. Now, did you have to pay taxes out of that? Yes. Okay, okay so you're making, okay. Uh, yeah. It's still I really mean, good. It's still though. a gross yeah, that, that, that 90000 is a gross number anyway, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I left there because he was, he ended up going to jail. Wow. What? Yeah. For, is he still in jail? He died. Probably dead, yeah. Yeah. So, Whoa. Yeah. All right. Long story, and that's off here stuff. So, and then I ended up, I had an old buddy that, not an old buddy, but a friend that I had met through the business that we both did work for other stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I augmented my income a lot was, you know, this store, that store needed work done. Like, like repairs and stuff? Yeah. Repairs, some special order. Okay. Um, you know, always rush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know. When, you, when did they need it? Yesterday. yesterday. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, you know, got used to the all-nighter. But I'd met a jeweler at this one company. And um, anyway, he helped me get a job out at this wholesale manufacturing outfit in in Richardson. So where are you living in Dallas at that point? Um, Northwest Highway, you know, where Timber Creek used to be. Yeah. Northwest Highway and, and Skillman. Uh-huh. Oh, in so that you're area. in you're in East Dallas. Yeah. Oh, so you immediately moved to East Dallas. Yeah. My oh. sister, when I first moved here, I had an older sister. She lived on Carolyn Crest when I first. Oh yeah, in Lakewood. I first moved here. Yeah, yeah. in Lakewood. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then. Oh, so we have a. Oh, I, I didn't know he was like. Yeah, he lives in Lakewood now. Yeah, yeah. we've always yeah. lived here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Well, there was a stretch. I bought my mom's house from her in Arlington. Long story. But my wife and I lived out there for a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. We love Arlington. They do have Cowboy Stadium out there. They do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the, okay, so then you, you, you do that. You're doing some repair stuff. Right. Then I got a job working for this group called Integrity. 
Okay. And then... Um, Sounds I, like they're trustworthy. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but it was a tough place to work, you know. It was, it was all production. Okay. So, you know, you would... And I got to do... Some so production work. meaning not customer facing oh, God, sales. No, no just okay. get it out, get it out, and get it doing, out, right? You know, there were some old stores that sold these waterfall rings back in the eighties. Waterfall rings. Yeah, big ugly clusters of diamonds, crappy diamonds. Oh yeah, I know from up. Yep. And I think so, my mom had uh, one. we would, you know, at my pay grade, which was twelve dollars an hour, it was um I was expected to set six hundred stones a day. Wow. Right. Six hundred okay. stones a day, right? Little diamonds, yeah. Holy cow! And so you know, but that, that's the kind of production shop it was. Sometimes we would get, I would get some of the overflow from the guy that got me the job to do custom work. So what that was year kind is of this? fun. I think this is somewhere around eighty three, nineteen eighty three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then I got a job. Then I moved from there to make more money and do better work at a jewelry store over at Walnut Hill and Central. Okay. I worked there for a couple of years, and then that same guy that got me the job at Integrity got me to move downtown to work for a guy down there who's arguably the best, not even arguably, the best diamond setter I've ever seen, Pave guy. And so I got to work with Jim again, who's a, an amazing jeweler. He uh-huh. was an amazing jeweler when he was alive. I mean, really, really talented guy uh-huh. um, and funny. But um, uh-huh. And then the other guy, another Jim. That ran that owned the store, Jim Alfin. He was a, like I said, just an amazing diamond setter. The work was perfect. Wow. So I learned a lot there. And it got to the point where I said, well, you know what? I've been doing this a couple of years here. I'm going to go ask for a raise. I go in and ask him for a raise. I said, Jimmy, you know, I've been here a couple of years. I've got a lot better. The girls can't even tell whether it's your setting or my setting anymore. Mm. And so I'd like a raise. And he said, no. <laughs> was, how defeating is that i, I was yeah. so deflated i was like well why and he said you'll be out on your own soon oh, oh he knew and yeah. i thought that was so interesting even though i had no plans at that time but within six months not only did we have plans we had a partner and huh. we opened our store do you, you think know. that that one thing sort of forced you or he you think he did it on purpose no i think he, he knew just, i just think he knew because, yeah. you know, look, if, if I had somebody that was working for me that was bringing customers in, uh-huh. selling customers, yeah. doing all your drawing and designing, yeah. and setting diamonds, you yeah. know, I'm never going to say as well, yeah. but pretty darn good. Uh-huh. Um, Matter of time. It just, it just stupid looks Stupid on his part. He could have paid you more and kept you and maybe would have helped his Probably. business. Yeah. So your original previous to where it is now near the quadrangle down there in uptown was that the original it was actually we were in the lobby of a high-rise at 3811 turtle creek oh okay oh yeah we opened up as a trade shop that's what we did i did work for stores like carla francis and okay any other store around different designers and stuff you know i think that i think it's really cool he stayed in the business but worked in almost every aspect of the industry Mm -hmm. that you can possibly work in Yeah. yeah what a great way to learn yeah so that not not by design. So. No, but no, no. But you look back now and right. you're like each one of those. I learned a lot. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so you know that's always the, you know, it seems to me to be the natural progression uh-huh. to you know learn more here, learn more there. How can I get this experience here? How can I get this experience there? Oh. Like when we first opened, we were doing work for again, like I said, Carla Francis, who had a fancy store over on Lovers Lane years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and some of the stones that you would we would get to work with just and some of the pieces of jewelry that we got to make you know was way way outside my experience and comfort zone but i said sure i'll do it you know so learned a lot that way also just saying well i'll figure this out one way or the other we'll get that figured out so wow wow so when did you open up um how many years was it before you opened up matthew trent that was we were open at that point Okay, so you were 1988, true. April 18th, 1988. It was our anniversary, April. our first anniversary, wedding okay. anniversary. Very, very cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick break. By the way, I just looked up the waterfall ring. Oh, my goodness. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's a crime against jewelry humanity. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was a dark time for jewelry. It was a very dark time for jewelry. <laughs> Don't look it up. And if you have one, I'm sorry. Go ahead and... Melt Have that thing remade <laughs> into something better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When we come, we'll be right back. Um, yep. We're going to talk more about Matthew Trent Jewelry and, and where you're at right now and, and what you've been up to. Um, what a story. Yeah. Super fun. Love it. And I mean, Matt's, you know, if diamonds are a girl's best friend, then Matt's your best friend, right? That's <laughs> yeah, a lot of people's best friend, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, the husbands, I, 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 I edited out a lot of the bad stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it sounds a lot neater than it really is. It's still work, right? It is work. It's hard. It's fun. Fun. It's fun. All right. We'll be right back with Matthew Trent from Matthew Trent Jewelry. Did you know that East Dallas has over 200,000 residents? And over 1.1 million visitors every single month. And And you you have have the opportunity opportunity to reach them. If you're interested in partnering up with us on the website, visit eastdallas.com. Or on this show at What in East Dallas is Going On. Connect with us. Our email is connect at visiteastdallas.com. That's connect at visiteastdallas.com. Thank you for supporting the show. And thank you for being a part of East Dallas. And we're back with Matthew Trent. Matthew Trent, jeweler. And, okay, let's let everyone know where your store is located over in Preston Center. Yes, we're at the plaza at Preston Center. Everybody, most everybody in the city knows where Sprinkles is. Yes. Right? So we're at 83. No no one knows where Matthew Trent is. The cupcake place is. It's right next to Sprinkles. Like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. So, no, we're at 8383 Preston Center Plaza. They tried to make that longer. So So that's your. Right on the corner. Third location for Matthew Trent? Fourth. Fourth location. Lobby of the High Rise for five years in some wacky looking space on Cedar Springs next to the old Arcadoro Pomodoro for for seven. Okay. Yes, I remember we that were one. We on Maple for 10. Oh, okay. And then we've been in this space since. Where on Maple? Well, um, right across the street from the Crescent, mm-hmm. where the garbage is, frankly, at the Crescent. It's a, it was a little house. Okay. Uh, it's a bar now. Huh. Still there. It's it was next to the old Montaigne Club. I don't know if you were familiar with that one. Yeah, I know where uh, you are. Okay. A couple doors down from that's Uptown, right? Right. Yeah. The old Warsaw. Yeah. And, oh, oh. and Saint Germain. Yes. Okay. We're in that strip. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was trying to think what. So it was a house thing. Yeah. I was trying to think like I never saw a jewelry store in Maple coming down from Oakland. Yeah, it's small. Yeah. yeah, it was a big building, but you know we it was it was just you wouldn't look at that and say, oh, that's a jewelry store. Right. Yeah. I see. the house. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Well, first of all, you have a really cool story, and and thank you for for going through that. And you know, yeah. part one uh, of this show. But 
I want to get into some of the nuances of like jewelry because honestly, I'm sort of fascinated by it and I'm a little curious. Like, you know, things like where do you get stones and like, you know, how do you know if the gold is real or pure yeah. or whatever? Like, how do you do all that? You rub stuff? it on your teeth? Pretty much. That's just pearls. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pearls. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you do? Rub it on your teeth. If yeah. they're rough, they're real, right? Correct. If they're smooth, they're fake. Right. You, what, what does rubbing on your teeth do? Yeah, take the pearl. You can feel if it's smooth gritty. or rough. Mm-hmm. It feels gritty. What if it's polished? If it's smooth, then it's, it's not, not real. Pearl. When what is it? Fake. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> you well, never heard that? No, I've never heard that in my life. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay, so do you have like main suppliers and, and different things for stones? Like how do you get all your stones? Because, so it man. just depends on what we're looking for. Okay. You know, like we'll go to the Tucson Gem show next week and people, you know, that's the most international show you'll go to. In Tucson. In Tucson, oh, where yeah, you have, I've you know, areas that. where the Sri Lankans are. You'll have areas where Madagascar, and you'll have German areas. You'll have Brazil areas. Um, these are most of the mining and cutting centers. Okay. So, you know, like we deal with one company. It's a Ukrainian group of guys that they do all their cutting in Bangkok. Oh. They brought all their Ukrainian cutters there. They do all their cutting in Bangkok. Most of their rough comes out of Africa. Some out of Burma, um, some out of Vietnam. Okay. Vietnam mm-hmm. produces this amazing lavender spinel. Really? I bet you those Ukrainian guys are like thankful they're in Bangkok right yeah, now. Yeah, that's an understatement. Night. Yeah. Wow. Um, I used to call them Russians just to give them a hard time. No. Oh, yeah. Now you definitely don't do that. <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, there is this bad, um, I, I think the diamond trade, mm-hmm. you know, obviously blood diamond. Sure. All of that stuff. Is there any? Is that real? Sure. Is yeah. it really? Yeah, sure. Because you know, you think about like, oh wow, I'm wearing this amazing, beautiful diamond, right? Mm-hmm. Someone like, died. How mining it? Yeah, someone could have died mining it. Mm-hmm. Like, how does, like, how does a diamond or a stone of any capacity, when it comes out of the earth, like, what do they do with it? So there's a whole process. There's this thing called the Kimberly process or Kimberly Act. Right, it was after it was a really reaction to the movie The Blood Diamond. Yeah. Blood Diamond. And that was when diamonds are mined, whether it be alluvially, alluvially meaning in rivers or what have you, uh-huh. <clears throat> there's people watching them. All those diamonds are then go into a pouch, and they're numbered, weighed, and then they move forward. So there's people watching <clears throat> the people get the diamonds. Sure. So there's like, just look at, make sure they don't steal them, I guess? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or put them somewhere. I mean, you could pull out one diamond that could change yeah. your entire families, your, uh, you know, everybody in your village. It could change yeah. their life. Is there right? migrant workers out there, right? Oh, mostly it's it's people in different villages, like okay. in Sierra Leone, okay. different places like that. Okay. Um, and do so if they find a big diamond, they get a benefit from that. No. Mm-mm. What? Right. I didn't say it was fair. The, blood, the term blood diamond in today's world really means you get these raiders that will come into individual villages, and they'll threaten people. They'll kill people. They'll remove limbs from people while family members are watching. They'll put tires around people and set them on fire. You know, these heinous, shocking things. What? Just because they want their diamonds, right? So that's where all the killing comes in and the okay. wound and damage. Most of these, you know, most of these 
companies now that are controlling the mining are really watched. I mean, there's really watched closely to make sure this sort of thing doesn't happen mm-hmm. there. But it's the villagers that suffer, independent villagers that end up suffering. Okay. Um, because they'll go to, you know, buying shacks or like this room, right? You would go into, you've got your parcel of diamonds, they'll weigh it, look at it, and give you money. And they're and they're <clears throat> rough, they're not cut or anything. Because right. an actual diamond, like you could get a pretty good size, like stone the size of my thumbnail here, and it could only be uh, a very, very little part of it that's actually good, right? Correct. Yeah. There's a lot of waste in cutting. Okay, let's just say you find a perfect a perfect um, octahedron crystal, which is like two pyramids, fat end to fat end. Mm-hmm. You saw that in half, you're still going to lose 60% of the weight in Whoa. the cutting and polishing process. So when you talk about the value of a diamond, a lot of that comes in because there's a lot of waste. <clears throat> Fancy shapes oftentimes are less expensive in diamond just because of the fact that there's... Um, Less waste, less loss in the cutting process. You know, okay. you have these funky shaped crystals, mm-hmm. mackles, whatever you want to call them. You maximize your your potential with that sort of thing. So you keep you try to keep as m- most of the diamond or whatever. Okay. Oh yeah, the stone. Yeah. Now, okay, are diamonds rare? I know that's a loaded question. That but- is a loaded question because you know they're they're rare in the sense that. Um, Certain certain diamonds are going to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody walks in and says, "Hey, I, I want XXX." Oh, sure, not a problem. Like you never find it, right? So mm-hmm. you have to define rare, um, but there's cost involved in them coming out of the dirt, yeah, getting polished, getting cut, right? So you you've got a base cost right there, and then because of market that has been created by De Beers. Yeah. Oh, that's real. Oh, yeah. That was created by De Beers. You know, there's there's pricing standards out there. There's some wholesale price sheets out there that really sort of influence the market. Also, supply and demand. Sure. You've seen one carat diamonds come down in price because of the onset of of uh, man-made diamonds, right? Mm, yeah. And so that's driven the Which price. Which are getting scary close to real diamonds. Yeah. Oh, they are. That's why, you know, if you're going to buy a diamond of size anymore, everything's got a GIA paper. Mm. everything mm. um so i mean really we sell half characters and 40 pointers that all have gia papers really yeah so one diamond goes through what do you, what do you say like three or four a process of three or four different um probably okay you know i mean there's steps I guess. It, there are steps right so it comes to the the, the parcels are all sorted on site okay right meaning they're going to sort them for color and size Right, so each one of those papers numbered, so they keep track of every single diamond. Mm-hmm. This is part of the Kimberly pact. So in order to you, for you to know, this is not a blood diamond. This was mined in a in a civilized manner. Okay, it's, I mean it's dirty work, but uh, in a civilized manner, and they're coming. It's coming through the system. So when the movie Blood Diamond, as an example, was yeah. made, about four percent of the diamonds in the marketplace were blood diamonds. Four percent. Four percent. I thought it was more than that. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds more romantic if you yeah. make it sound still. You know, right. I mean, four. Uh, you know, four percent need to be one percent. Yeah, really, that's a lot. Well, and yeah. with the Kimberly Pact, it got it down to about point seven percent. Good. Okay. So that expired, and there's always, you know, 
you, you got to remember you're dealing with countries here, mm-hmm. you know, Botswana. Yeah. No um, real infrastructure anyway. No real yeah. infrastructure and, you know, it's chaos basically. Right. Yeah. And so um, that expired because nobody could, nobody could really decide how they were going to proceed forward. So there's some new things in place. It's not necessarily where all the countries are working together to keep track of each other. Yeah. But I, I think the last thing I read estimated the blood diamond rate in the marketplace at about 1.7%. So it still hasn't come back to where it was. Right. But but it's come back, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's that's, that's, that's difficult to control. Yeah. You know, you can go to Burma and go to Burma. You go out to the ruby fields and... A friend of mine went over there, and he said he's been everywhere, you know, to place Afghanistan, Pakistan, mm-hmm. all these different places. Sri-, Sri Lanka, when there was trouble there, he said, I never felt scared. What? He said, we got 45 minutes out of the airport into the ruby fields. He said, I see 14-year-old kids walking around with automatic weapons. Oh, my God. I said, I, I told my driver, take me back. I, I'm not even going to come out here. Where was this again? Burma. Burma. Whoa. Oh the, the ruby fields. I mean, it's it's nuts out there. So, you know, kids don't get educated. Mm-hmm. They, go dig, they go work the pits and or they stand guard because, mm-hmm. you know, people will come take your pit. Really? Yes. Dang. What? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty brutal environment. And you said that they felt safe in Afghanistan and <laughs> different places like that. Right. Like, imagine feeling safe I mean, in that's Afghanistan what he said. compared uh, yeah. to wow. He told me, he said, it's the only place I've ever felt completely unsafe. Burma. Wow. Well, you got a lot of refugees coming here from Burma. You know, so do you, does that bother you uh, in being in a business that's, I guess I guess everybody's in that business. Coming some, to think some about degree, like clothes and yeah. furniture and yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's you can't think about it. It anymore. seems like there. It's really difficult to let yourself think about that. It, otherwise, you know, you wouldn't wear clothes, yeah. or you'd yeah. make your own clothes. Um, you wouldn't. You wouldn't make jewelry. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just try to be as a consumer conscious, right? right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all you can. It, there's still that's going to go on in every. Right. industry but they don't have control like right you know, as far as the people that are in say burma or wherever they're mining these stones that's normal to them right what just because it's not our normal doesn't mean it's not normal to them well and you know you could look at it the other way too camille if if there weren't people like him like matthew doing what he does with jewelry and selling it some of those people couldn't eat right you know like there has to be a buyer on the on the on the on the other end Right. Yeah. It's not like crypto, right? I mean, there's something here to produce. Yeah. Do you want to buy yeah. that or not? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, right. Um, it, it's a, it's a real thing and yeah. it's, it's a incredibly expensive thing. I mean, it's, it's no messing yeah. around. It's uh, rubies are serious money very quickly. So what, tell us, um, on a lighter note, um, <laughs> some of your, I kind of like some of the dark stuff. It, it is mean, interesting. No, it's interesting. It's, it's very yes. interesting. Well, just look at Colombia, right? I mean, yeah. what you want to talk about an out of control environment? Yeah. Right. Again, it's gone back to what it was. Yeah. You know, but a lot of emerald. Yeah. Is there really? Mm-hmm. My buddy loves Colombia. Really? Yeah. He said the food there is amazing. Have you ever been? No. Either and, and they say not to go there right now. Yeah, really. Yeah, a couple like a year or two ago, it was getting super uh-huh. popular, but they've lost control and now 
you know, the cartels are back in power. And, yep. Yeah. That's what my buddy said. What, um, so tell me, what are a couple of your favorite stones, whether precious, semi-precious? Well, that's a tough one. I'm sure. Um, you know, because it's, it, when you look at certain stones, take for spinel, for instance, everybody says, well, what's spinel? Yeah. Spinel is a gemstone that crystallizes in the same crystal system as diamond. It comes in incredibly vibrant colors and a broad mm-hmm. variety of colors. Mm-hmm. Um, has a similar refractive index to diamond. Mm. And it's really, it's fantastic. And you've seen pricing, prices increase tenfold in 10 years. Wow. Yeah, just really. Just, I mean, miserably expensive. So it's like an underrated gemstone, but yeah. now it's become a very popular. It's very hot. Really? Yeah. Wow. That is, you know, you don't, I guess if you're not immersed in the world and you're not like, you know, you don't really you don't understand. Know. Yeah, you don't know, right? Yeah. Like you were saying about the pearls and you put them on your teeth. Yeah. You know, um, to see if they're real. But most people, they don't, I wouldn't know. I, I would have to just trust Matthew wholeheartedly because I, I would have well, no idea. That's why you have someone you can trust. Definitely. I you think. Yeah. And so there for a while, it was popular. I don't see it now. The rough cut. Uncut black diamonds. Yeah, in general, roughs, rough in general. Yeah, has it gone <clears throat> by the wayside? Yeah, a little bit. Because I, it was, I liked it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Fun. Yeah, you know, it's not expensive. No, yeah, because it's. Are you saying like the brown? <clears throat> are you saying like it's got the some brown, of the black rough, in it and black. stuff? It's like little pieces right. of the diamond that's not been like really cut and clean, so it's got yeah. the they black in it. They use rose cuts and yeah, there are roughs. I mean, we make we make a pair of hoops with rough diamond beads that we try and find that we haven't been able to find in a couple huh. years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at your website and I tell you what, your the variety that you have first of all is is absolutely amazing, but your jewelry is like <clears throat> different. It doesn't I mean, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And knowing that you make everything is just so and, cool. And you have to talk about now that um your daughter is right. coming into the business She's and in making jewelry. I mean, how wonderful is that for you? It's you know, I can't even describe how that makes it's, you it's feel. sort of yeah. like having a grandchild yeah i can't describe uh the feeling that it gives me yeah i mean th- i think it's wonderful you've worked so long for this business that's doing wonderful and now your daughter is going to be able to come into the fold and keep it going she came in so right cool. out of co- right out of college and it's taken a few years for all the changes and things she put into place like software yeah right yeah I, I, she brought I, you just up to the times. Up, yes. And, <laughs> up to speed. Right. Yeah. And so now, you know, you got to get out of the, the sexy making jewelry part and you get into data-driven product yeah. and margin and blah, 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 blah. All, yeah. the, all the hard business stuff um, that she is that she's far more proficient at than, say, me. Right? I mean, she, she comes in with an acumen that her mom and I never had. Yeah. Really? Right. Yeah, I guess so because, like, he, you know, when you just talking to you, you, you're, you know, going back to that word artist. You're an artist. You create jewelry. Like sometimes, I guess you forget that you're in the retail business. <laughs> it's easy in to. a business. Yeah, yeah. In, in business. Yeah. How did you do during COVID? During the actual COVID itself, you know, kind of like everybody else, one month really great, one month sucked wind. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had one month that was off ninety percent. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And everybody got that check and was like, Woo, I'm going to Matthew Trent. Curl your hair. But the year as COVID ended, you know, Texas is different. 
Texas right. is when, very different. Yeah. And, and when COVID ended, which was pretty, you know, this is where it ends right here. Right. You know, everybody, y'all go back to being normal now. It's it's like somebody hit the accelerator switch. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, on, on either side of that, though, that's not good for you. I mean, I mean, you, you rather have the yeah you know, one side than the other side, but yeah. Well, but you, still, look, you couldn't travel, so can't get the stones right. Not all. I could still get stones. Sure. FedEx ran. Oh well. Yeah. So yeah. we we get FedEx boxes from everywhere. Oh my really? gosh! Everywhere. Do you ever go to the um, what's that area up there off of Inwood and like the Trade Center? I guess no. You don't. No. No. He gets his. He's much more broad yeah. than that. Yeah, it, that's. I mean, I'm sure they're all lovely people, but there's a lot more retail there. Than yeah, wholesale. there's more retail than wholesale up there. Oh, yeah. I thought it was all wholesale. No, not anymore. No. So I, I gotta say, your daughter Kylie. For those listeners that don't know. I like her line of jewelry. It's very fun. It's it's got a very whimsical. It does. I love it. Young, uh-huh. um, the OFD, our favorite daughter collection. Okay. And, yeah. Um, but it's got a very young, young look to it. But uh-huh. I have to tell you, we sell it. Is that from, on the website? I don't know. I don't know. It's on the Instagram so. and stuff. They do a lot of postings I don't think we've with it. On the website, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're in the process of redoing that too. So. Um, yeah, for, I would say from 70 years down to 18. Yeah, That's I love consumer. it. It's really broad. It's a very, like, great every day. Yep. Throw it on with your tennis shoes, going to the soccer game. At the end of the day, jewelry. our lifestyles in today's world are different than, yeah. the, than even what they were 20 years ago. I mean, mm. 20 years ago, I was going to events and, yeah. you know. Dressed up all the time. Wore my tuxedo five times a year. Yeah, you had a tuxedo. Yeah, and Gosh. and so look, I did grow out of that, but um, you know. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I'm like, I wore a button up a couple times a year. Yeah, and so, but that's how our lifestyles are now. Yeah, that doesn't mean you can't have jewelry to fit no. your lifestyle. Yeah, so you know, yeah. I, I, it's just a thing. I'm always well. First of all, I'm always envious with your wife and daughter when I'm around them, and I'm just went and going over the jewelry. I'm just like, oh my gosh. But um, you made for Kylie when she turned 18 this darling necklace yes. that had all these different colored, 18 different colored sapphires hanging from it. I thought, I love that piece. It's so unique, beautiful. I was always like, oh, sapphires I love it. Beautiful stone. All different colors, too. Yeah. They're all different colors. It, it's the coolest. Have you made more of those? Or did you yeah, get, people yeah? would see her wearing it oh. and they're like oh, how much can i get that can i get one i want the exact same pattern yeah you it know? was so, so i that, love that funny. piece yeah yeah it's i really, want to see a picture of it is there a picture of it somewhere oh, i don't know i don't I know either check yeah. yeah sapphires are beautiful stones uh, they come in all colors all co- so Wait, beautiful yeah it's all blue? different uh, not just blue yeah. no every tone of blue purple yellow right uh, yellow Different tones of yellow, a, green. How do you know if it's a sapphire or refractive index? Oh, what's that? Uh, it's how light. It's just measuring the light traveling through a stone. Okay. Gosh, I am so ignorant when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. I'm gonna stay in my lane. Me too. I just know what sparkles, what looks good. That's it. Yeah, you do. That's that's what I'm like going for. Okay, so <laughs> how, how much jewelry do you wear? I wear uh, two wedding bands. I wear a wedding band. Two wedding bands. Yeah. I like the way they look together. 
No, that is okay. cool. It's like a, it's yeah. like a but not you don't have like chains I, on and no, I have a watch, but I don't wear it very often. Really, you don't sell watches, so no. What's your watch? It's a Sunto. Oh. It's more of a training watch than oh, that looks. Oh like, yeah, oh. very industrial. Oh, like uh, oh, like um, not a Fitbit thing, but yeah, but it's it's kind of a it's a Fitbit on steroids. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look like a healthy guy. Try. It's like he must work out. Try it's a good thing. You know, it's probably good you don't wear jewelry because if I made jewelry, I would be like, oh, I can't sell that one. Yeah. Oh, I can't sell that I one. I like that one. <laughs> I, I apprenticed under a Sicilian guy in high school, and I, I learned a lot from him. But one of the things that's always burnt into my brain is never fall in love with a piece of jewelry. Oh. Oh, yeah, because then you can't sell it. That's what I say about my art. Yeah. When yeah. I'm doing a painting. Yeah. Sometimes you just look at something, you go, "That's, that's really cool." Yeah, how, turns how out did good. I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to, but you know, you can't keep it, so you can't get too emo- attached, emotionally attached to yeah. it. Yeah, but you could. I mean, you could, but I get attached to sentimental, sentimental pieces of jewelry. I guess is where I, you know, something that's been passed down to me or something. That's yeah. That's where the attachment and is. You know, for people that don't have to make it and sell it, right? You know. You should fall in love with your jewelry. Yeah. If I wanted to bring, say, my dad's like um, wedding ring, because my dad passed away, mm-hmm. um, over there, is that something that you guys could redo or make sure. cool or something? We do a lot of remount. Do you really? Redesign, remount. So do you, you melt the gold or whatever it's made out of and then redo it? And you, Do you do it all at the store? Yes. Really? Yeah. That is super cool. Yeah. You know what? I may have him actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to go in there and check it out. I mean, I've been in there, but you haven't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no, it, no. It's, in full disclosure, I have not been in. I was afraid he was going to push me down the stairs yeah. coming up here, but he was fine. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Coming up. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to get him in there. No, I am going to get in there because you know, obviously, we have um, Valentine's Day. Yes, coming up. So you know, we got to get perfect something. place to get a gift. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, throwing that out there. When flowers don't there. cut it. Who wants flowers when you get jewelry? I Don't mean, say that. <laughs> in my house that's, that's you know yeah, we have a flower store too remember so oh that's yeah. right that's his right. wife does oh, yeah. have a flower store so yeah, we'll so, get a combination yeah. flower and jewelry yeah so so yeah yeah the tea shop yeah the yes. tea shop how far away is that to that's lakewood. in lakewood lakewood shopping oh from the um from the from the store well so like, the, uh, you know we're kind of west side the, the tea shop is east side, east side, east side. Yeah. okay yeah. two retail stores y'all are Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matthew. Matthew, thank you for doing this. Well, I really appreciate I mean, the yeah. opportunity. You're such a, a great guy. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Like, seriously. I'm like, I'm gonna, would you record that? No. We're, send, send it to his it, wife. Send it to my wife. I hope she listens for, to it. Right before stupid. Valentine's Day, too. Just, yeah. to re- just a reminder. I'm sure she knows. How long have you been married now? Be 36 years in April. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And he's got... Son and daughter. Son and daughter. And a granddaughter and grandson on the way. Grandson on the way. How fun. Yeah. I saw my granddaughter this morning. Just melts my heart. Oh, Oh, my gosh. It's like seeing your baby being a baby again. Yeah. Seeing my daughter again at that age. Unbelievable. It is. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Well, I tell you what, we are are so blessed to have you here in East Dallas. I mean, I think... You know, you're a great community guy. You've been here from, you know, when you moved up here from day one. Long time. You left, but you came back as quickly as you could. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Which yeah. is great. So I think that says a lot about you. Well, and um, 
the yeah, area. We have lived in a lot of different places around Lakewood. But That's always, you know, once we moved back over here. I love it. Thing. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I moved into the old Timber Creek apartments in 1981. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So. Wow. Always stayed east. Time flies. Yeah, whether you're having fun or not. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Still moving. Well, go to his website. It's MatthewTrent.com. And you did say that you were redoing it. But but you guys should go to his Instagram and Facebook because yeah. I tell you what, that, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's Whoever great, does right? all that stuff is doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Like Thank the you. The photos, the yeah. different types of jewelry. Or even better, stop into the store. Yeah. Well, you can buy it online, too. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Yeah. yeah. You'll do it. Yeah. Well, MatthewTrent.com. Yeah. You know, Instagram, too, is all the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Trent. Yeah. Yeah. He looks at us like, do you guys He's like, I don't, I'm not sure. Don't know. That's not my world. I just make the quick. jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Camille. Uh, that's all I got for Matthew, but we're going to see him really soon here. And uh, once again, thank you. What yeah, a story. Thank you. thank you all very much for Great story. Me. All right. Well, Camille, that's all I got. So, all right. what in East Dallas is going on? I don't know. Stick around. We'll find out. See you guys next week.